communal showers in the in the hostel, <laughs> and there was three of us sat there bollock naked in the showers, shitting and vomiting on ourselves and just hosing ourselves down. Sounds hot. Hey, <laughs> so hot. <laughs> Welcome to the Rooting Around podcast. Uh, I am Tom. I'm Ed. And I'm Tris. And Tris has been to seven continents, all seven continents, uh, which means you've been to Antarctica. I have. I don't think many people can say that. Um, so how, how how did that happen? It started off as a trip to Patagonia, going trekking down there into the mountains and wanting to get a bit of a feel for sort of deepest, darkest South America. And one of my friends just said, well, if you're there, you might as well just get on a boat. So I did. Is it uh, that easy? It's just like show up at the... Uh, not quite. I booked it about three weeks before we were due to, or before departure. And just happened to be a couple of spaces left on this boat and off we went and it was just a place like nowhere else on the planet what were the passengers on the boat like really rich really american um except we had one crazy <laughs> russian guy so we went on a uh converted russian arctic uh, like an icebreaker. exploration icebreaker vessel so it doesn't look like a big um like ferry that Normally carts people down to down to Antarctica. Oh uh, yeah, I don't think anyone's think picturing like. Oh, no, they have like PNOs, big PNO style cruises that go around. Yeah, genuinely, but they don't let you off the boat. So the cruise, the, the cruise or the expedition vessel that we were on, one of the big draws about doing that particular trip was they took you off on little ribs, and you could get off and go on land. And penguin over my shoulder, that shoulder, uh, you actually got to sit next to and watch all the wildlife there, which was completely mad. Just being sat there watching little penguins run around. They absolutely stink, by the way. But oh, yeah, what, fishy, right. just fishy. Fishy, poo, really noisy. They look really cute, but in reality, they're super noisy, super smelly. Just no respect for the visiting no. tourists. No, but what's amazing about them because they've got no land predators. You can literally go up, and if you wanted to, pick one up. Obviously, you're not allowed to go pick one up because you can damage their ecosystem. But you can just go sit next to them, and they just don't care. It's a bit like, uh, what did we say in the Galapagos? Animals there are really not scared of humans. Oh, yeah, you're not allowed to touch them, but they can touch you. Yeah, so they can approach you. And you, you could sit there and they have these, um, the penguins, when you go on land, they have, uh, they're quite, I'm not going to say clever necessarily, but they have uh, like uh, certain routes that they take to get around the colonies and get to water. So they call them like penguin highways. You can just sit there, they'll swaddle up to you, da -da -da -da, be like, oh, that's a human. You're literally half a foot away from them. Check you out a bit, and then just turn around, waddle off, and off they go. So, do you think if you if you lay on your stomach, prone, <laughs> had a sardine in your mouth? Oh, definitely. Like, they'd, yeah, they'd come in and be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they would definitely blah, 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 on you. Yeah, nice. for sure. That's that's. I'm sold. <laughs> I reckon we go back and give that a whirl. I reckon that might be the way to go. So, how easy is it to get? Like, so you literally just book something online, or like... yeah, I booked online, paid the money. Uh, the business I went with is now gone bust, but it's what it is. But it was, yeah, absolutely awesome. Um, really cool, very different group of people out there to see do different things. I think it's a big bucket list destination for lots of people. So you've got people that are just retired or people that come into money and they're like, sod it, we're going to go to Antarctica. Whereas I was trying to do it relatively bootstrapped in, or by comparison, just having a whale of a time. Now, I know it's a really, I don't have too many cliched questions, but how, how cold was it when you got there? What, what, what time, presumably you went in... Their winter in no, the in southern so our, winter. Our winter. Southern so, southern summer. Southern summer, yeah. exactly. So uh 
24 hours of daylight or as close to it. We weren't, by comparison, you only go, I oh know, it's mad, right? So one of the fun things we did was uh, camp out on the ice. So take your sleeping bag with you, little bivy tent, and you spend the night out on the ice in Antarctica. Just absolutely mad, snowing on your face. Um, but the, the challenges is that it doesn't get dark. So actually sleeping is quite hard. But it's not like when you go up to the northern hemisphere, north, north. The furthest south we went was uh, 62, 63 degrees south, which is the equivalent of just getting into the bottom of Iceland, if you think from a European perspective. Oh, so okay. whilst it okay. looks all the way down there, you're in the Antarctic Peninsula, which is the little pointy bit off the bottom of South America. Went down to this place called the Penguin Post Office, which has been featured on the BBC a whole load of different times. And <laughs> mad story about going there. So I'm on a cruise ship with loads of Canadians, Americans, no other Brits, all very, very wealthy, having an amazing time, and land or go to sea, uh, sorry, go into land at this place called the Penguin Post Office. And I walk in there and I hear a full-on West Country accent. And they have volunteers that go and do seasons out there, basically. Mm. They were three sisters from Whirl. And I grew up just south of Bristol. So we worked out we our houses back in the UK were less than eight miles apart, and yet we were 11,000 miles from home. Oh, I love those. I love those like, small world. Completely, completely random. Yeah, which is amazing. So, what were they doing there? Well, like volunteering for what? Um, so, you get to be stationed out there. So, when boats or expeditions come in, it's like a little shop, um, and you can. It's the most it's southerly the corner post shop in the world. Down there. It's like the sh- exactly. <laughs> like a little tuck shop. Exactly. So, Premier. it would be places you could get. Like, uh, I've got a key ring, for example, from there. I sent a postcard. Oh, it's so fucking tacky. No, I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying <laughs> the fact that you got a key ring. The fact that they're like. What are we going to sell in the shop? Key rings. Oh, key rings, uh, all sorts of Coasters. other random crap and memorabilia. But I uh, got a postcard and I tried to race it home. Uh, it beat me just. So I sent one to my mum and it got back the day before I got home. It's about six weeks later. Oh, wow. You were out there for six weeks? Well, yeah, so I did, a, I did uh, two and a half, three weeks in Antarctica and I did another three weeks in. in Wait, in... two and a half, three weeks in Antarctica? Yeah. On that boat? Yeah. So the, the crossing is um, three days. To get there and you spend about, uh, what did we spend, 11 days actually around the peninsula going to check out different things. And then on the way back, I flew, uh, so I only did the crossing one way, which was one of the biggest or worst boat rides of my life. So it's what I can describe as being sat in a washing machine for three days, Mm. just round and round up and down. I was horrendously seasick, horrendously seasick the whole time, which was, yeah, I don't do so well with boats anymore. <laughs> I've never done well with boats, and uh, I got sick on the Caspian Sea, which was like the flattest, <laughs> calmest water. And I was so sick; I just can't. Even, I wish I could do stuff like this, but I mean, uh, if I had the opportunity, I'd probably do it. But I'd really suffer to get there. Yeah, kind of takes the enjoyment out of it. It, it does, but you do suffer to make sure that you get to the end result because it's an awesome place and it's a completely unique place to go because it's all ice. Essentially, it's all most of the stuff you go and see is all ice. You get the experience of that place on that day. And then the icebergs move, they change. Someone goes there tomorrow, they don't get the same Antarctica that you got that day. Which That's for me, true, was yeah. that was the beautiful part about going. Whereas you yeah, go, let's say, that, yeah. see the Taj Mahal or something, and you go, oh, that's the Taj. Someone else can go see the exact same thing tomorrow. Whereas yeah. the, the beauty of Antarctica was it was very unique. But So would you go back? Yeah. Yeah. But that was one of the first big trips I did when I was just getting in photography. So I'd like to go back, but with... With, not with a wind-up. Not with a wind-up, no. <laughs> no, with a bit more of a, a uh, probably a, a different group of people 
that are all maybe a bit more photographically minded or a bit more um, adventurous minded rather than just bit going. Less American. A bit less American, maybe. Um, oh, another, one thing you have noticed, um, you will notice we do shit on Americans a lot. Hey, We've sacrificed that. I think audience. they do it themselves. Exactly. Yeah, it's their right. fault, yeah, to be fair. Exactly. And they can't take a joke. It's not our fault. So there we go. Oh, is this in Antarctica as well? No, is this, this, is, South... this is South America still. So this is uh, this was the last trip I did before COVID. So this is from, uh, this is the summit of Cotopaxi, which is uh, just under 6,000 meter high. Where is it? Which country? Uh, Ecuador. 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 So bang on the equator. It's an almost perfect stratovolcano. So literally like an isosceles triangle. Absolutely gorgeous, and uh, I think I think or you're throwing around a lot of long words that maybe our audience. <laughs> it's a perfect. Per- it's a perfect point, Dorito. It's Imagine pointy. a Dorito. Yeah, it's shaped just like a Dorito. But if someone like listeners, if if someone go. ate the top, yeah, snap the top off, and that's what this looks like. But it's uh, uh, still relatively uh, not particularly dormant. It doesn't erupt much anymore. But it's not on the I think dormant list or whatever it might be. But yeah, that was a, a hell of a trip. I'm somewhere behind your left leg in this picture about that big yeah so how'd you get was that a drone you took with so you? i carried a drone all the way up uh, and a full-on dslr i wish i'd left the dslr down at the camp where we started bloody heavy thing but yeah that was a um, was this all a one day trek or two days so three days i went the i went to climb three volcanoes in uh, ecuador so cayambe uh cotopaxi and chimborazo with the goal of chimborazo being the the sort of the pinnacle of the trip because it's the closest you can get to the stars when stood on the earth because it, the earth bulges yeah we spoke yeah, about this okay. another one so, yeah. so Chimbo is a really cool place because yeah Mount Everest is the highest you can possibly go but because of the way the earth bulges around the equator Chimborazo is the closest you can be yeah, yeah, to the stars yeah. when stood on stood on the top of the planet but we got turned around because that's the highest it's the third one that you do we got turned around on that one because of high winds but so this is the last um, last big mountain that or volcano that summited so you have not been the closest you can be to No, stars. I haven't. I want to go back. So you, uh, pardon my ignorance and all this, because um, I don't walk up. I don't walk up things. Um, <laughs> I try not to. Yeah, I, I take stair lifts if it's all possible. Um, did you need to have like special mountaineering gear? Like, do you, uh, like can you mountain? Like, can you climb mountains? Have you climbed mountains? I wouldn't say I climb. I walk uphill really slowly with uh, basically crampons and a nice axe and a backpack and everything I need on on my back. That's supplied on like the trip by the. No, I, that's all my stuff. That's all. Oh, really? Stuff. So you do this on your own? No. So I went with a, a group of people to do it. There was uh, one guy, two other people. Oh, okay. So um, there's still a guide. So still, a, still yeah. a, there's a local mountain guide that took us up there. He's a bit of a legend because no way am I doing that solo. But yeah, you just have all your own stuff and off you go. You yeah. Massive boots. They look so like how do you get your ice axe through customs? Yeah, just stick it in your bag and off you go. It doesn't. It's not like a proper. Axe. Do, you have, do you use it? Do you use it around the house? Uh, occasionally, time? just uh, pruning the garden, just out there, just with well, the yeah, ice axe. Like, oh, which banana am I going to have for lunch? Yeah, just <laughs> out it comes. Yeah, for sure. I use it all sure. the time. No, it lives Shaving. in lives in the cupboard now. Oh, that's so sad. You should no. You should put it in the glass box and then have Breaking like, like a emergency. break sign. Yeah, um, <laughs> break in case of you know like unexpected, know. Yeah, <laughs> unexpected ice age yeah. or intruder. Exactly. Yeah, if anyone breaks in, that's what I'm going for. Mm. Well, before you, you went on all these amazing trips, you started, at least that's what you told me, uh, your first big trip was from Delhi all the yep. way to Australia. Yeah. Um, uh, when you were like 25, I think. Is that yeah, what you said? 24, 25. So yeah. how did that even like happen? Like, what, well, what was a thought process behind that? <laughs> it was a bit of a fuck it moment, to be fair. I think it's probably hmm. probably the most sensible way of putting it. But uh, looked at the world and went, what's really interesting out there? And I had a, uh, my granddad lived in Australia. I'd been out to see him when I was 16, so we lived in Sydney. 
So I thought I could just end up getting to him at some point, but I couldn't quite decide where to start and just kept coming back and back and back sort of from Australia towards the UK going, where would be the most interesting and yet relatively sensible place to start? And Delhi was just the cheapest flight I could find. So started in Delhi and left Australia about uh, 12, 13 months later on. So how did you get down? Did you like overland it down or are you like hopping a, between a countries? A bit of hopping, a bit of overlanding, a bit of everything to be fair. So went uh, India, down to Sri Lanka, then I had to come home. I'll come on to that in a minute. Uh, back up to Nepal, China, uh, Korea, Japan. Definitely didn't take the most direct route though. No, it was, <laughs> it was all sort of, it, was, it tried to sort of gently follow eastwards, but it wasn't always the most direct. So, so was it all like buses, coaches? Uh, and if you could find, find a cheap flight, then okay. cheap flight. But the idea was to go for as long as I could. So cost was a, a, a factor. Yeah. So if, if it was a 30 hour bus ride or a one hour flight, but the bus ride cost nothing, I was getting on the bus. Yeah. But yeah, it was amazing. Amazing. I'd recommend it to everybody. Just backpacking so, off you go. What's the best place? Uh, so I, I looked at this earlier and I put up a, a list. And I, my favorite places, or the best on that trip, uh, Nepal was a super, super magical place for me um, in, in that trip. Uh, Why? So I was there when all the earthquakes happened. So this is uh, this is some of the the aftermath of the earthquakes in Nepal in 2015. So I went there. I'd always not been obsessed with mountains, but we've talked about me climbing some stuff since. I find them really humbling. So you can have all these problems going on in your life, and then you fuck off to a mountain trip, and then you just come back and go, oh, none of it really matters. Like all of the the noise of life just sort of just disappears away from from and you come back with this sort of renewed sort of view going oh that's actually what's important or all that crap at work didn't matter the mountains don't care if i'm stressed about that you've got to just focus on what's just asking in front of you you and your ice axe me my ice axe my big boots. old tub of lube yeah <laughs> normally a handful of other blokes as well bloody good times sounds great. <laughs> bloody good times sounds very public school completely mm. absolutely <laughs> initiations and all of that but it was um we, we, well, I went there and, uh, yeah, I know, mad, isn't it? Um, was solo. So lots of the people that do Everest Base Camp Trek, for example, will go as a group. So all guided, all the logistics taken care of. And I just landed in Nepal and went, off I go. So got my visa, got my flight to Lukla, which is a, sitting in a tiny little fixed wing prop plane. It's amazing. If you're ever doing it, sit on the front left behind the pilot. You get the best view into the, the runway into Lukla and the mountains in the Himalaya on the left-hand side as you go up there. I'll take notes. Top tip, <laughs> top tip. Um, and we're just hiking up and, and I met a couple of people on the way, but had a the a really, really bizarre experience, like I said, with the earthquake. So got to a place called Namchi, which is like the Sherpa capital of um the Himalaya. Very much a very special place for, for all the Sherpas. And that was our first time to do like an uh full on acclimatization hike. So you sit there, go up to a bit of higher altitude, come back. So I did that on the fourth, fifth morning, whatever it was. Uh, came back about 11.30, getting ready for some lunch in, in this hut that we were supposed to go into. Um, and I was walking across the landing, about to go to the toilet, and suddenly I'd start wobbling, like really aggressively, and I thought my eardrum had popped or whatever altitude sickness was. This is the highest I'd ever been in my life at this point. And just like, oh, fucking hell, this is a bit mad. And then someone shouted earthquake. I was like, holy fuck. So I was just jumping down the stairs, rolled out the sort of front of the building we were in. And just to this, not quite the scene you see behind me, but just chaos basically you've got walls falling off of houses you've got partly some of the the place opposite us sort of caved in because they've got stone beams in their building and we'd lost half a wall off our our place and it was just a bit 
bit of a mad one, bit of a mad one. And, and what was insane about that was the the people I'd met on the route uh, had said to me, "Come to Namchi. There's a go up through the village, little crossroads, four different places to stay at. As you come in, the one on the bottom left is the best place because they have memory foam mattresses. Now, if you've been out on the road trekking for any period of time, someone says memory foam to you, and you're like, sign me the fuck up. This is going to be epic. But the places that you um, normally stay in, they either charge you for food or for your bed. And this place made you pay for both. So the two people I'd met on the road literally at lunchtime that earlier eating momos were saying, no, not going to pay for that. And I threw a little pissy tantrum. I was like, fuck it, you guys decide what we're picking. Oh, we'll go opposite, fine. And transpires that the place that we were in had wooden framed beams. So was not that damaged by comparison. Oh, and yeah. the building I wanted to stay in was a bit of a rubbly mess. So same, if I hadn't met these people 12 hours or 24 hours previously, I'd probably be somewhere in the middle of that rubbly mess at that time, which is a pretty um, mad experience to have to sort of process afterwards. Did you spend any time really dwelling on that? I've, I've, like, did you question? Oh, massively, massively. It's sort of like a, is this your moment kind of thing? And and uh, I mean, the earthquake's a funny one. So it's not just a case if you have this earthquake, but you have then hundreds of aftershocks afterwards so you're running on like pure adrenaline for the next eight nine days or something mad like that and because of the situation we found ourselves in with me and these two other um solo travelers we didn't have any of the logistics or the contacts when all of this shit went down to get us off the mountain so we were too far away from the airport to get on an immediate flight it's too far to walk we couldn't get booked on any of the flights out so we just sat around for the next 24 hours and then decided to carry on so we just kept going village by, by village up up the mountain until we got to base camp. We were some of the first trekkers that got to base camp um, after the earthquake. They were taking the bodies out um, of the horrendous disaster that happened there. The morning we arrived, by helicopter, we were like, fuck, this is a bit like doomy and gloomy. But it's just, and that was partly what made it such an incredible place because the people were so welcoming. They're, they're livelihoods, as you can see. Their houses, it's one of the top or uh, lowest 10 countries in terms of wealth anywhere on the planet so these people had absolutely nothing and yet they were like come into a house can we feed you can we help you you're a foreigner mm -hmm. over here if that was the same here it would be every man for themselves like it'd be complete anarchy so it was just the most beautiful people being so bloody lovely to to us it was amazing um so yeah everest uh particularly everest but but nepal has a very special place in my heart beautiful place how Which, did you leave then like how did you manage to leave in the end well I, so I went off the grid for, um, or I was technically off the grid for uh, two days, three days. Um, government called uh, my mum's house and when your son's missing, presumed not very good because uh, I had no comms. So you're in the middle of nowhere. I see, yeah. um, so they make you sign into books as you go up and I'd got to a certain point, not got any further. And they, the Gurkhas basically reported back to the British government. They called mum when he's missing. Like, that didn't go down particularly well with friends and family. Um, eventually managed to get a message out because it was mad. I'd... Um, Every day we'd got to wherever we were staying and I got onto the satellite Wi-Fi and put a little Instagram post out like, hey, day three, day four, day five. And then suddenly it just went dead. Um, so I ended up coming back down uh, about two weeks, two and a half, three weeks later. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was a long, long, long time, a long, long time afterwards um, because we just couldn't get out. But also we spent a bit of time there. We started to meet meet some of the families and the people and wanted to try and help them clear out some of the schools they were in or the, the different villages. So it was a really just different experience than the one I probably went there envisaging. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then came came back and the, the British government blessed them, said, hey, we can repatriate you back to the UK. But I didn't want to go back to the UK. I was 
planning to go to China. So they just turned around and went, fuck it, you're on your own. Um, and so off I went to China. Could you not have been like, yeah, that sounds great. Can you, um, can I get like a transfer in Beijing? I don't think it was like that. I, well, if it was at the time, I definitely wasn't thinking, thinking that straight anyway. But yeah, it was um, just an absolutely incredible, incredible part of the world. And, and subsequently, I've done a couple of trips to raise raise funds to rebuild schools and and give back to the community over there but definitely one i definitely want to go back to is there a name of a uh a nepalese charity you can oh uh, no uh, so the it's the kunjung school which is or the the um hillary school in kunjung which is the one that we were at the the morning before the earthquake hit which um yeah got got a bit messed up so if you can uh if anyone wants to give any donations to them be very welcome. We can link something in. Oh, yeah, the, we'll find something in the description them. if you've got. My I'll um, find something. one of my one of my very good friends went to base camp a few this year, I think, mm -hmm. and um, I was just like, I just merciless, mercilessly, like roasted him about it, like you know, parading the fact that he went almost to the top of a mountain, um, <laughs> which I appreciate is really unfair because it's like physically really demanding, but um, you're not the top uh, of anything when you get there, though. I, it's you are higher. A thousand meters, almost higher than anywhere in Europe. Well, Western Europe, ignore Elbrus and Russia. Still several thousand, and you're stood there, thousands. literally going, "Ah, oh, fuck, is this it?" They're they're really fucking big. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's it's seen as um uh, sort of I suppose a bit of a mecca, Everest being the highest place on the planet. And it's a cool cool place to go and check out. Well, the people are right there. I mean, like the tourists. Like, um, well, because of the because we weren't going as part of a group, and lots of tourists were coming down off the mountain not really spending much time to sit and talk i think i got a very unique feel for that trip and that part of the world it didn't you didn't or i didn't get the sense that i got to hang around with many other tourists or climbers or what have you because they were all conscious of just trying to get away from the situation whereas me my friend adrian and bead we had no um no other choice but to basically immerse ourselves in in that that moment but yeah it was um it was pretty cool so where did you go after the port? You said to China. Yeah, I flew into, so I flew out of Kathmandu and into a place called Lijiang, which is a city, a small city in China, 25 million people that live there. <laughs> Never heard of it before. Absolutely gigantic. Um, and discovered the first time I think ever of what PTSD was. So I stood at a bus stop waiting to get a bus across town. You know the little plexiglass reflectors that you get in bus stops? Yeah. A bus went past and uh, wobbled one of them. And I just went absolutely berserk. Like had completely gone anxiety attack and checked myself into a hotel for three days. Just completely just live in a whole room service, didn't leave, didn't do anything. Just in a complete state because I felt the world rumble a little bit again. Really oh, weird. Okay. Um, and then just immersed myself in China, which is a complete clusterfuck of a, of a country. So you I didn't leave straight away. You you got to experience China. Yeah. I, I, hotel. Yeah, completely. So I spent uh, six and a half, seven weeks in China. Um, I don't think we've got any no, I don't stuff on I'll just China. Put a random oh, picture. Of... Have a bit more Antarctica. Is that Antarctica? That's Antarctica. Bloody gorge. Oh, Kyrgyzstan. Well, it's that's close near. enough. That's really near. Really near, sort of. <laughs> when did you When did you go to Kyrgyzstan? Uh, August this year. Nice. Literally just got back. Yeah. How was it? It's one of the places I'd most love to go to. It was the most naturally beautiful place and undisturbed place I think I've ever been, other than Antarctica. Because it mm. doesn't have the doesn't have the tourist reputation yet, but I think, and part of the draw about going to places like that now, is I want to go and see them before it's been completely touristized. Yeah, you want to go and get a real sense for what that 
that place is like, what the people are really like, and see it before it's suddenly, suddenly just hotel, big hotels everywhere. When I went to Kyrgyzstan, we we drove from Tajikistan into Kyrgyzstan, and the border crossing was like it's crazy. I mean, if you've seen the news lately, like you know, they're, they're not, not they're not friends, and the the no man's land between the two countries is just like it's not even a road; it's just a bit of, of you know flat dirt uh, on the mountains and stuff like that. And then we arrived in Kyrgyzstan; it was getting dark, and there's this massive like plane with the mountains in the background, like a step basically. Uh, it's all getting like a bit pink, like golden hour kind of thing. And there's like wild horses running in the distance with the sun in the background. I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is just the most magical thing I've ever seen. And it's like that around every turn. It's just uh, uh, the guys that I went with who'd been to Kyrgyzstan before were like, this is Switzerland on steroids, which I, th- I think is completely fair. Completely fair. It's an absolutely stunning part of the world. Very up and coming. What's the chocolate like? <laughs> I don't know. Vodka's quite well, good though. Yeah, I can the vodka's quite good. I though. imagine the chocolate's like really fucking ropey Soviet <laughs> Russian shit. Yeah, mm, probably not great, but yeah, vodka very good. So, what's the um, what's been the worst country you've gone to, um, or at least what's been the worst experience? Maybe. Not not worst experience because like being being in an earthquake is a, it's an a, experience, a, a, a bad experience. But like, what's what's the like? Oh fuck! I can't believe that's fucking happening. Like, uh, if, if that if that so, could be sort of yeah, yeah, no, no, there absolutely is so one of the <laughs> I was doing one of these really long overnight train rides in India so like we said with bus rides or trains super like 18 hours or something overnight and normally I keep a pack of tissues on me at all times just in and case just in case you've got to go do that <laughs> on the train in India yeah uh, anyway off to go take a take a number two in, in toilets in India and it's obviously just a hole in the bottom of the train like tracks and everything and no nothing in the way of sort of public hygiene and i go to take my tissues out of my tissue bag there's one left oh my god and i don't know if you've been to india no, no. one one tissue is not enough for shitting in india I can, <laughs> I can, <laughs> let's yeah. put it that way so i um i had to use my sock and then, right. and then put that yeah, down yeah, through there. But I did you put the other one down just for symmetry no no, no i then rolled with the single sock but i um didn't have any other socks. So next Why day, would, had to go I personally talking. would have gone for underwear, to be honest. Uh, I wasn't wearing any. I already used the previous just, just shorts. Or? I think I just probably just went, oh, fuck it, it's washing. I'll just stick a pair of shorts on and just, yeah, shout straight through that. But it was the just a, interesting, it right? wasn't like a pleasant shit either. It was a pretty explosive, oh, I've got crap on my ankles as well. Like this is just... <laughs> Oh, presumably it was, it, was a squat, it was a squat toilet, oh, oh. And, and you lack the it's a you hole. lack the mobility to it's, it's get not, there. It's not and the mobility; and... it's the fact that the, more of the solidity of of what you were doing. It was just uh, <laughs> quite explosive everywhere. Yeah, it's um, yeah, shitting in. So, it's quite so a... did the sock already have some excrement on it before you used it anyway? No, because I had to take it off because I was like, oh, I've taken one tissue out, and then was like, oh, I actually did it. It probably did have a bit of poo on it. Yeah, so it. You had to start crying. I had to give anyway. it away. The yeah. other one I kept on with a bit of poo, though. That's for sure. I should have framed it. That's not memento. Brought that one home and just gone. <laughs> Keep that one forever. The good times. But that was bad. That was bad. I just that was a low moment in life. So that that happened because of food. Uh, do you have any like best food and worst food experience? Uh, like what's the worst that you ever ate? Oh, uh, worst food. So I've got two things again. One in India. I can't eat it anymore. Um, palak paneer. So it's uh, spinach and paneer curry. Yep. It used to be delicious. My- sometimes Abs- no it was my absolute go-to favorite it was unbelievable and we're in uh in a place called varanasi it's one of the holy cities in, in india an incredible place 
And after going down and watching um, like the bodies burning at the Gats in, in the evening, walked back up and pulled in this little like roadside food eatery place. And I was like, oh, palak paneer, off we go. Then eight of us had come down from the hostel to that place. Three of us ordered palak paneer. Within 45 minutes of each other that evening, we're two, all... Two of you were dead. <laughs> nearly. <laughs> if, oh, that's the only time I've ever wanted to go home. On any trip well, I've ever done. Be, well, it can't have been that bad. No, I because was, the flight home would be horrible no, as well. I, I would I, never I, wish for I, that. I was... So it's uh, communal showers in the, in the hostel. <laughs> and there was three of us sat there, bollock naked, in the showers, shitting and vomiting on ourselves and just hosing ourselves down. Sounds hot. Mate, <laughs> so hot. This was it was yeah, some some very weird stuff porn going on there if that's what you're into. How oh God. but it was how long did it last? Like a couple of hours? I, I was days? I was done for a couple of days. I don't think I've ever had food. But was, was it good? Oh, do you know what? Yeah, at, the, at, the time, good. at the time, yeah. At the time I was like, hmm, worth it. But a looking bit tangier <laughs> than normal. <laughs> look, looking back on it, oh no. But the thing was when we walked in, someone went, This place smells a bit like wet dog, doesn't it? In retrospect, that should have been a um, a sign to not not eat there. But hey ho, street food's the way to go, I think, in India from now on. But yeah, palak paneer's a no. And then the weirdest thing I've ever eaten in China. So I had a rule in China where you knew that a good meal was about somewhere between eight and twelve one. How much is that in pounds? Uh, I think about like two pounds or something. Okay. I think it's eight one to a pound, about one 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 fifty or something like that for like a good bowl of like noodles or something, whatever it might be. But because I didn't read any Mandarin or know any of these things, and in China almost nobody speaks English, particularly in some of the more um, less known cities, I just go to a menu and I just point at something and go, "Yeah, I have one of those." So rocked into this little restaurant, went, "Ah, oh, twelve, treat myself, go for one of them," and out came this very very fancy like serving dish, basically with a, a lid on top. Pops it down in front of me, opens the lift, li- the lid, and there is a poached bullfrog. Wow. Just fucking sat there looking at me, <laughs> eyes still in. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do with this? Do you, do you have to peel it first? Yeah, you have to peel it. You get chopsticks and you peel back the skin wow. and then you eat what? it. Yeah, it's like fishy chicken. It's really weird. So like this, it's poached. They like, I don't know how they cooked it, but just grabbed a bullfrog, dropped it in the water, boiling. What do you, ha- well, what do you have it with? I would just never. Like did they tell you to peel it? Because I would not have thought. No, I, just, I would have just, just gone for a leg or something. I, no, I just, just stuck my chopsticks in it, grabbed a bit, and the skin sort of peeled off as I grabbed oh, it. I, I went, see, yeah. this seems like the way of doing it. I was like, nah, frog skin's a bit weird for me. But was it good? Do you know it wasn't the word. It, it wasn't terrible, but I don't think I'd do it again. It was just a bit weird. So was it like... <laughs> was it like sit? Was it like like in a crouch in crouch formation, yeah. or was it splayed? No, it was it was crouched. It was so like it looked like it was on a lily pad, straight off the lily pad. Yeah, oh, quite like oh, that's good. For, I do beautifully like that. presented in the middle of this dish. Just that's what you want. Lily pad. Yeah, um, but that was definitely the weirdest thing I've ever ever gone for by accident. Did they? Did the did the server give you any funny looks? Like what the fuck is this white boy ordering ordering what? the poached frog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, but at the same time. Going into a restaurant, you're the only white person. It's the only place I've ever really, truly felt like the minority. Like otherwise, there's lots of tourists in places or anywhere like that. But in China, you'd sit on like a local bus to go anywhere, and old men would come and sit next to you and just start pulling your leg hair because they don't have any, and they find it really weird because I'm obviously they find it really therapeutic. They're like, "What's going on? <laughs> it's ripping my leg hair out," and I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing? Just like get the fuck off." Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Obviously, got beard and uh, quite a bigger than the average Asian man or Chinese man in terms of size. 
everyone's just like running around after me i suppose as well like tourists that do go there go to the main cities and also usually it's tours because like you said there's no english or anything like that so it's completely it's getting like around groups. is yeah getting so if you're around not on your own around. that's that's crazy but yeah it, again a complete <laughs> cultural just mixing how, pot bit of a weird question but how long did it take for the frog to like come out like how was it like almost fast food or like do you think they had them ready like it's something they eat all the time so it's just ready it's about 20 minutes or something like that Okay, so they prepared it. Yeah, properly. I, I, probably alive. Bef- I think before I, yeah, you, literally just after, immediately after you ordered it. They saw me come in and go, ha, "Have that bad boy!" In it goes in the pan. But yeah, the thing is though, they might have just been like, oh, "I don't want to do, I don't want to do generic Chinese names. I get in trouble." But like Jeff, his name's Jeff. Jeff Wang. Jeff, get a bullfrog. We've got a whitey. And yeah. He's like, finally. <laughs> quite possibly, they're like, "We've been keeping this one stored down here for ages." Yeah, quite possibly, but I don't know. It's all part of the fun, isn't it? Did you have any weird drinks? What 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 what, what drink pairs well with uh, uh, Jingtao Chinese Jingtao, beer? Nice, yeah. yeah so they did they have that, that was that more like an export one. Yeah, yeah. That they. I, well, I don't know. That was just seemed to be what was around. Okay, so they do. Yeah, they put uh, all the Western drinks and then local beers. But I yeah. used to I used to live with um, a family in in Siberia who um, who's like, one, his sister's husband was a trucker, um, and he used to truck stuff down to China all the time. And every time he'd come back, he'd bring like. Those big cardboard boxes full of. Have you seen the the, the rice vodka mm. that comes in the glass and you like you peel the lid off mm-hmm. and you just drink like you used to bring like a crate of fifty back and we just sit in this house and just drink this like it's like fucking methylated spirit. Yeah. It's the grimmest drink. Um, gets you through the cold winters. It gets me through the the <laughs> slow mornings a lot of the time. Um, but did you have any any really weird alcohols when you out there? Um, in China, I don't, or, uh, not that I'm particularly aware of. I think most of the time you just go to bars and you're just like pointing at random bottles going, yeah, I'll have some of that. I think um, it might have even been Nepal. We had, um, was it snake or, or snake something tequila? So I had like a snake in a bottle of a tequila. And so I don't know, it looked the weirdest thing I think I've ever, ever drunk. But... What's the weirdest thing you've drunk, Ed? I just don't Sina. know. I can't. Have you had that um, horse milk? Oh, no, I actually never had that. Yeah, it's grim. Uh, it's a shame. Well, I didn't. It's not a shame. I'd, yeah, but you know, I'd want to try it, uh, but of course, didn't make it to Mongolia. Does Luxembourg have any strange national drinks? Uh, no, we just have our, you know, uh, fruit um, drinks like a peach, like snaps or something. Yeah, snaps and Capri like Sun. That. So civilized. <laughs> you fancy Capri Sun with its gold-plated straws? Yeah, that's exactly how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. I think we should, that's, that's not somewhere I've been. I'll have to go check out the Capri Suns. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I like something's all right. It's it's not exactly Kyrgyzstan, but you know. Find what you need. We eat horse there. Well, it's... It used to be a typical like kind of meat to eat. So have you, have you eaten horse? I don't think I have. I'm pretty sure we've all eaten horse. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, no, 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 oh, yeah. Like, not courtesy <laughs> of Finders, though. Um, I, oh, actually, no, I have eaten horse in a, in Kyrgyzstan or maybe Tajikistan, like in a can, like in a tin. 
tin, tin horse cracked, cracked a couple of what next to the tin tuna you just went in for a handful and like oh, bollocks, <laughs> well, you've got the horse oh, was it, was it that is that like tushonkas like that fucking it, in, it looks like cat food yeah yeah oh, that stuff i, I don't know, actually that, know that weird, if like, it was horse but there was a horse on it and we didn't realize until we were like on camp in the pami mountains we opened it we're like We'll just have that. We call it mystery meat. I just assume it's horse because it does a horse on it. I went when I <laughs> when I first went when I first moved to Russia. So I used to live in St. Petersburg a long mm-hmm. time ago. Um, I had a house party in in my little flat, and um, some random Russians came came through, um, and it was a bit of like a, like a busy party. I woke up the next morning. There was just like a half-open tin of this stuff, and it's like, it's like chunks of meat just set in like meat jelly. And I was like, who the, oh, who yes. the, who the that's not fuck had, brought but... that into my house? And it just, it just, oh, it's just like that's that's everything that's wrong with the world. Did you go in for a spoonful though? No, I, I just I immediately threw it out the window. Come on, not I just guess... a little. No, <laughs> no way. Like... Got to give it a go, surely. To be fair, like, I, yeah, I know exactly seen... what that is. And you you can get it here in Bristol as well. Go to a Polish shop. They come in like plastic, like yogurt pots, basically, but they're see through, and you can see the jelly and the meat. And they have the have it a lot in Ukraine and mushrooms from Ukraine. So I've eaten a lot of those things. Not a lot of those things, but a lot of like things to try. And she mm. made me try that one day. It's gross. If the ratio of jelly meat was different, like there's a lot of jelly, so it's a bit like, <laughs> but the, the taste is is not horrible. I wouldn't go and buy it to be fair. Put a yogurt of jelly in meat. So, it's strange, uh, right? No, I just have. Even before vegetarianism came calling, I would not touch that. Yeah. Mystery meat's a fun one, though. You like you rock up at the um, like Asian street vendors, and you just point at the meat skewers, and then you just play a guessing game of what the food is by the sound that they make. So you started COVID then? Uh, well, what, what the vendor makes a sound, <laughs> and then and then you're like, oh, what animal is this? And he's like. <laughs> like, yeah. what does bat sound like? <laughs> like oh, yes, bat. No, I, I I had it in... So I, I lived in Korea for a little bit with university, did a placement year out there. And pretty sure I had dog when I was there. Which is a sad one in, re- in reflection because I'm a real big fan of dogs. But you just kind of go and you go, oh, that looks really nice. I'll have one of those. And the guy barked or something. And, and then I go, what is it? And I was like, uh, like moo, moo. It's like, mm, he's like, woof, woof. I'm like, what? Oh, dear. <laughs> no. Dog. Yeah, oh, funny. Yes. <laughs> hey. That's one joke of the one episode. No. Oh, yeah, I haven't done that. <laughs> one no. Um, That's one for the reels. There's a couple of things that we... Uh, <laughs> it definitely will be. We've got so many amazing stories here. And I'm going to keep the shit joke. <laughs> We've got a couple of things. Actually, like something we always do uh, is the Alpha Guest House International. Can I do an intro? You can. Oh, so the whole premise of this is that you, you sort of tell us about your very worst... Um, hotel or hostel experience we have we do an intro have you seen the alpha guest house in bristol you live in bristol i do i, yeah. I i've you heard familiar? i've heard a rumor yeah so um the alpha guest house is bristol's premium guest house accommodation it has the worst reviews on TripAdvisor, but it got for the burnt, whole of england not just yeah for, for the uk yeah so oh, it burnt the, down recently uh, shame they've been a long time sponsor and support of the channel unbeknownst <laughs> to them um <laughs> So yeah, this is the um, International Alpha Guest House edition brought to you as usual in association with the Alpha Guest House, Bristol's premium guest house accommodation. Uh, I think they're putting the tiles on the roof this week. So um, really, watch this space. Yeah. So yeah, take it away. What was, what was, your, what was your worst experience uh, of, a, of a hotel or accommodation? Well, there's only one place I've ever walked out of. And I think it was called something like the Hikadua Inn in Sri Lanka. 
it was a uh, hostel, basement rooms of dorms of like 10, 15 people or something mad. Walked in, mouldy mattresses, and the air was just like, yeah. Ba- and I was like, I'm rough. pretty sure someone's pissed on that as 20 minutes before I've come into this room. <laughs> like, it's disgusting. Bit damp air, just generally like mouldy vibes everywhere. And I just went, nah, not, not for me. But that's the only place I've really just gone. How long were you in there for? About 15 minutes. Had, so you, had, you, had you paid for it? Paid. Paid, gone in, pay on arrival, obviously, as you do with lots of these places. Gone down, put my bags down, just sat on the bed for a bit and then just went, nah. But you gave it 15 minutes. I sat there, I was contemplating. Yeah, because you don't want, you don't want to get in the habit of just turning around going, I'm leaving this place if I'm not 100% happy with it. So there'd been other places I'd been which were cockroach infested, you went to turn the lights on and got shocked by the electrics and that kind of (laughs) stuff. And you're like, fuck, I can't feel my hand for a day. But well, it's quite fun, actually. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but you just go, oh, do you know that's part of the experience. But this was just grubby as fuck. I just couldn't. How just much couldn't was deal it? Four pound fifty or something mad like that. That's all right. Which is on the price year end. It looked quite nice in the pictures. And that's how they get you. Had a beautiful like uh, white cemented stone facade to it. Had a pool outside, and I was like, nah, if this is the bedrooms, I'm never setting foot in that pool. Not a chance. Probably. So then, yeah, moved about five minutes up the road and had a wonderful time. But that's the only place I've ever walked out of. Did they did they issue a refund? No. Did you, I don't did you tell asked, them? Or? I don't even think I asked for one. I think I went, this is disgusting, and just walked out with my backpack on and just walked up the road. What do you think their response would have been? La-dee-da. Yeah. Free, <laughs> free money, no washing, like happy days. Well, the, yeah, I don't it think it look like anyway. It. Yeah, it doesn't no, look it was like bad. they do that anyway. It was really bad. But um, yeah, hopefully they sorted themselves out. Beautiful part of the world, though. How long were you in Sri Lanka for? A month. Is that is that in that like that first trip Australia? Yeah. Then so yeah. I worked my way down the coast of India, like sort of down the western side, and then jumped across the water. In, well, jumped, but hopped on a quick flight across to to Sri Lanka. It was incredible. Such a change in pace. Like India was a real culture shock. Like real, like the, the probably the most different place to the UK I've ever been. You've sort of arrived. I've got friends that have said, hey, what's India like? And I said, you need to go for at least three weeks. Because the first two weeks, you're wondering where the fuck you are and what's going on. You've got, particularly in the north, children that are like, like had their legs amputated, one arm, the company begging and just grabbing on your, your stuff. You're seen as white and therefore rich with money. But you giving them money or food doesn't actually solve anything. All it mm. does is that then you get more people following you. But on the grand scheme of things, you've just got to, or I found the only way to deal with it was just to try and distance myself from that situation and just try and almost be sort of a shadow in, in their world. Were you completely on your own then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just that's going quite around. tough to be fair. So it was, it was that, I mean, I, I, so I came out of, I flew into Delhi, two hours of being landed. They've got a beautiful air-conditioned metro in, in Delhi now. Got on there, I was like, oh, this is fucking brilliant. It was accenting the women's only carriage. I was wondering why it was so quiet, but didn't know about the signs and what have you. Didn't know that was a thing, to be fair. Came up the escalator into old old Delhi. And as I walk, walked off the top of the escalator, backpack on my back, and there was a guy bare ass shitting in front of me in the street. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck have I done here? This is this is me for the next year or more. This is going to be a bit of a laugh. And then tried to get, get in a tuk-tuk, got scammed immediately. And was like, oh God, it's like the first big trip and it's quite a quite a harsh place to go to. But you're just seen as this big basically pile of pile of money that they don't have an opportunity to try and up, one up themselves so yeah just that was the, the biggest culture shock but if you do go spend as much time as you can there because the first couple of weeks is just just sensory overload the smell the sound everything that goes on there 
It's insane. So, so which country in that area would you like to visit but didn't get the chance to? I mean, in that in that area, like the, Central Asia, of, that, of or, that entire like section of the world, where your route between India and Australia. So, what, what do you really sort of regret not visiting? Uh, in retrospect, because it wasn't on my list, Mongolia, because I've seen pictures and it's now started to be a bit more on the up in terms of tourism. I would love to have gone there seven, eight years ago before anybody even thought about going there. Um, and the other one is Myanmar. So. I've been to Myanmar. Really wanted to go there, but it was floods, flooding when I was. People were coming across the border into Thailand by their droves, and just went. It's not a sensible place to go. But I really, really would like to go check out Bagan and like um, all the lakes up there. Bagan's good. Yeah. Inlay's nice. I went into Shan State a little bit. You're not really allowed to go there. Mm. Me and my mate had um, rented some motorbikes, and uh, we flew to we flew to Yangon. Mm-hmm. Um, with the idea of renting bikes there and then driving, doing a massive tour. But when we got there, we realized that Yangon's actually a city that's banned mopeds. Um, <laughs> and is, we, that, and we, is that the, the new capital? Like, no, that's, um, oh God, I can't pronounce it. Okay. No, 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 something. Yeah. And yeah, something, true. whatever. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they banned it there because it's so they, clean. They have. Stuff. Oh, they yeah. have as well. Um, so we had to get an overnight bus to Mandalay. What did you do with the bikes? Well, we couldn't find bikes in Yangon, so we got, oh, we, so you got, we got a bus outside. to Mandalay and then just found some guy. We rented some bikes and we went to did Bagan. Um, and then, because Bagan's on, well, basically the west side. Mm. Um, and then we crossed to Inlay mm-hmm. and then did all of, like, as much as Shan State as we were allowed to get to. Uh, and then we wanted to go further north, like, to where the the mining is, but the government wouldn't allow us to go further but like checkpoints, AKs, beautiful like twisty mountain roads, scorpions, just like, you know, like you go up like a, a 15, 20 minute climb on a motorbike, get to the top and there's just mountains as far as the eye can see, you have a beer and then some like militia guy turns up and you're like, <laughs> beer? <laughs> oh, cheers. But again, it's like, we went some bits like Bagan is touristy, Inlay is touristy, but there are still some parts. I went to a... <clears throat> We went to this little tiny village where, again, similar to what you were saying, like only the only foreigners there. And we went to this little restaurant and in fact, I'll show you the video after we record this. There was just this like ceremony just broke out where there were a bunch of people in like this horse costume with like a, like a, like a clacky mouth mm. and like a, almost like a, a long dragon tail so you know like you no know, like yeah yeah, yeah. Like chinese um, new year vibes yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and they were like rhythmically playing some cymbals dancing around and everyone was just putting money for this horse to come down and like eat uh so we did it as well had some whiskey with the horse and uh <laughs> yeah it's just a great day and yeah i highly recommend me obviously like I know you've been to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So and you've been to China. And there's a big argument about like the morality of going to some of these places. I mean, even going Turkey. going to Russia, like yeah. or Turkey. Or, Tur- yeah. Turkmenistan um, as well. Or Turkmenistan, yeah. Um it's it is an amazing country, in spite of their regime. Mm. And and you know, fortunately, I didn't spend any time dealing with the regime. I dealt with really lovely local people. Yeah. And yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I think that's what you do most of the time anyway, apart from maybe Turkmenistan. But you do, if if you get in North Korea, if you try, you can always find locals and actually like 
enjoy the mm. the culture without having to, you know, support the government too much. Yeah. But talking about Saudi, you well, went to Saudi Arabia, I did. Uh, which is also at the moment like a um, location that starts, you know, opening up a lot for tourism, isn't it? Yeah, change of change of uh, regime. Um, so the old dictator's son is now in charge, and he's got this vision of Saudi being. Uh, the leading nation in the world for innovation and openness oh, so to was some that, things in the is, future. Is it in Saudi where they like the thing of doing this yeah, really the, long city? Yeah, the line, yeah. The line, the, line, the, line, um, the hexagon is another one. Also, they basically picked a load of shapes and just gone, just have, pretend to have some of this. But their vision is that um, that tourism wants to be a major industry for them moving forwards. Now, I, I had only known old like university professors that are taught at like the American university in Riyadh or something. And they were saying that it was very much like compound ledge, couldn't drink, couldn't do anything, which is true. You can't drink over there for the time being. I'd be surprised if in the next 10 years, that's still the case. Um, it, it, it feels a bit like probably going the way of Dubai to some extent. Um, and it's an incredibly beautiful place in, in the world. And I, I'd seen pictures of what's behind me is, um, it looks like Petra, but it's actually a place called Alula, which is in the very Northwestern sort of corner of, of Saudi. Um, built by the same people as Petra, so it's all the Nabataean people. But they're still excavating that right now. It's only been open to the the public for the last three, four years. So it's massive rocks in the middle of the desert, which complete nothingness. Have buildings like carved inside them. Yeah, all the temples, tombs, tombs, tombs. So this one particular here is called Hegra, and this is uh, one of the Nabataean kings or princes at the time. His son died quite young, um, and he's allegedly buried in there. Um, but even to the point that they're saying, like six months before I got there, they were finding like a tomb of a hundred bodies just around the corner from where we were. When was this? When December went... last year. Oh, last year. Like really, oh. really, really soon. But I, I was re- in a hurry to go there because, like you said, you don't want to be seen to actually supporting the regime. But at the same time, the only way of not that it's not supporting the regime, but the only way is to go and understand more about this and actually be educated is sometimes to go and be boots on the ground and actually get a sense for what it's really like over there. And it was absolutely insane i was meeting um i I made a a real concerted effort to like go out into shopping centers coffee shops or what have you and go and talk to the women that were working because they hadn't been able to do that even to the point that one of the guides we had um had been to her first gig she was 45 years old her first gig ever uh, two weeks before i've got no idea who was was there i hope it was like fucking ramstein justin bieber (laughs) justin bieber (laughs) justin bieber probably but it was (laughs) (laughs) yeah just like i can still imagine like like a sea a sea of of hijabs (laughs) (laughs) it's going absolutely off but they were just just their culture is going through such a change at the moment that is really difficult to understand just outwardly looking in there is definitely a, a it feels like some desire to change there whether or not how far they move the dial in the future i don't know but you've got to go just to go and see it particularly places like this because there is it's a unesco world heritage site mm. so you've got to be on a tour or be invited to, to go there you can't just turn up left right and center but it's got that sense of if you don't go there soon you'll probably be getting your hilton hotel golf cart on a self-driven tour around yeah, this place yeah. because they're trying to push it so hard. They're trying to push their tourism agenda so hard. So I wanted to go and get a little bit more of a unique or maybe a bit more authentic experience. But I, I personally speaking, I have, I, I, I appreciate what you're saying and I, I, I can see your argument, but nothing would make me go to Saudi Arabia. And, and the only thing I would want to see in Saudi Arabia even if I wanted to go, I wouldn't be allowed to go. Like, I'd, Is it Me- the Mecca? Yeah, I'd never, Mecca. Be, I'd never be able to go to Mecca or, or Medina. 
Um, you could. Yeah, uh, you can go to me. Uh, you can be, so, I, so, you I'm, so I flew into Jeddah, which is on the West Coast, and then I was flying up to Alula, but lots of the people that I then did um, out of Alula back to Jeddah to Riyadh, and on one of the flights towards Jeddah, everyone was dressed in uh, all the all-white sort of... Getting, uh, getting ready for Hajj Getting ready time. to go to Hajj. Yeah, exactly. Um, and these people had come from all around the world. It wasn't just a case of people in, in Saudi. It was um, Muslims from every far corner of the, the world on our flight, which was really, really interesting to go and see. Also, I'd love to go there. It's such a, a interesting place to sort of be the centre of. But it was one of those just, let's just go see what it's like. like I suppose lots of people might say, you don't want to go to Myanmar because there's a regime there. You don't see it, but it's the same way of just let's let's just go have a look. It's I mean, not there to do you, anything special. Russia is not to the same extent as Saudi Arabia, but you've got very close ties to Russia. You've spent so much time in Russia, even after, for example, 2014 or even 2008 with Georgia and stuff. So I think, like, I, I personally w I would struggle to go to Saudi Arabia um, or like Qatar or something. It doesn't interest me at all. Uh, but if you're going to, you know, see a UNESCO World Heritage Site or something like that, there's you're going. You're not going to visit a, a regime. You're not going to visit. You know, it's quite hard for me to say like, oh, you shouldn't go. Enough been like to a place like Turkmenistan, but it's really. I find like I've struggled with this a lot. Actually, but like at least, it's really at least, tough. To, at least Turkmenistan, like. It's not trying to rehabilitate itself. I know that sounds really weird. Saudi is. No, but, you're right. Yeah, but it's like it's like sport. Like we talk about sport washing and you know, you can, winter you Olympics. Can, the, no, winter yeah, the Asian, Asian, Asian Olympics are in Saudi. And, yeah, and like, and to an extent, even greenwashing with some of their like green you, energy projects. You, the Winter Olympics, I'll let them off a bit. They do actually have mountains and a ski resort in Saudi. It's not. Uh, they've got high mountains there. Like they've got big mountains in, really? in Saudi. Really, it, it looked like so fake oh, on no. their pictures. I'm sure they've gone to town with fake snow and everything to make sure it happens. But there is a a mountainous area there. I don't okay. think it's exactly like the Alps per se. But it's that in their defence, it's not like they've just okay. gone. Let's build a mountain to then host us on. There is actually some some mountainous areas. Well, there. I see what you're trying to say yeah. though, because it. Yeah, they they like to like change their image. It's like Qatar in the World Cup. Like they try to change their image just for mm. this, so people have a different idea of it. Turkmenistan is not trying to do that <laughs> at all. Like they they don't care. And North Korea same. Um, so yeah, I get. Yeah, you're almost like it's almost like you're participating and helping change the image when it's just an image of facade. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. Honestly, it's really tough. Like it's, you're right. Like even you're trying to see the world, but you know, there's completely. But even like walking around um, towns or, or just even the cities, all the and, and you can tell it's a place going through or what feels like change because and or like you said, um, sort of reimagining their image. All the buttons that they've got are little male people. There's no female sort of iconography anywhere in sort of public spaces. So the green light, and green stuff. light, all blokes. It's not like a neutral person. You're looking at it going. That's a man. That's the man symbol. Yeah, it's not just a so what, what, what about public toilets? Uh, I, I was only looking for the bloke ones. They do <laughs> obviously have the female ones out there. They just write woman. Yeah, but just like whatever, just like sneaky in through the side, I suppose. But it was just, it, it was, it's obviously a place that in very recent history has decided to change their direction. And they've got legacy infrastructural buildings and what have you there. Whether or not it's, it's like you said, a facade or actually there is meaningful change happening there. In some way, shape, or form, I haven't been there long enough to to know, but it seems to be that there is. 
it seems to be a better place for the people that live there than it was five years ago in terms of openness to be able to enjoy the arts even like cinemas or music and that kind of stuff is is becoming a bit more prevalent but it's certainly not the finished article and you i went there going i think maybe to your point i went there thinking complete doom and gloom and didn't experience complete doom and gloom so i came back from it going ah oh, that was an interesting place to go an experience that was that i mean going to this place very That's, unique i mean had you had you had vag a vag and some tits it might have been slightly <laughs> more nuanced interestingly um I I actually do. <laughs> Ta-da. But interestingly, I've I've was when talking about some of the stuff with Saudi over like Instagram and what have you, you, you meet other people that are like, oh, you went, what was it like and what have you. There are there are female travellers that do it or, or are picked up by um male friends in Saudi as in natives there and they're invited over. But women like um non Saudi women could quite easily come into the country and go on a road trip on their own nowadays. Uh, from from what I've seen, again, haven't lived that, and that's not for me to go and say. But from what I've seen, it's it's absolutely possible to go and do so. But I don't know. It's I I don't think I'd do it. I don't think I would have been so willing if I was a woman to go over there in that scenario. But I'm not a probably a slightly different breed than what they want over there. <laughs> Big hairy man. Well, actually, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe they're more repressed than we. <laughs> yeah, give maybe them, give yeah, them maybe credit, credit for. for. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, hell of a place. Um, it, 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 probably one of the more thought-provoking I've been to in recent history, anyway. So you've um, you've been to all the continents. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your? And we talked a little bit about Nepal. How much you how much you enjoyed it there? What's what would be the one country that you would if one left field country? Like if if you say like. Oh, Portugal go to the Algarve. We'll be like, oh, fuck off. Um, but like, <laughs> big old fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, take your, take your, uh, yeah, like sharpen a wedge into your eyesight. Yeah. Have a great time. Um, what, what would be the the one country? Uh, if we very quickly go through each continent, mm -hmm. one country Ooh. in each continent that you would love to, you would say, if you get the chance, go. You okay. can choose which continents we start from. Oh, should we go Africa? A or uh, oh fuck split decision tanzania or botswana is that the two countries you've been to or have you been no to i've been towards <laughs> so i run a marathon in south africa oh no nice. like for god i just went out and did like this marathon in the middle of fucking nowhere which was a, we'll get into that another day i'm sure but one of the hardest things i've ever done um so botswana and uh... botswana do you know what? actually probably yeah botswana for me would be, would be just the one. for the the wildlife wildlife the... was unbelievable just just incredible wildlife uh did Hippos, lions, um, loads and loads and loads of elephants. Just absolutely stunning. Beautiful, very sort of... Had a good bit of infrastructure to get around, but also very easy to get off the beaten track and, and really go and explore. Um, had a campsite ruined by hippo hippos in the middle of the night there. Fucking that was a good one. Scary. Yeah. Well, you just sort of wake up going, what the fuck's that? And then just come out and you're just... Everything that is like communal has just been absolutely ransacked looking for food. You're like, oh, right, brilliant. What do they go for? What, what's what's hippo's favourite thing? Frogs. No, stole a big bag of crisps. <laughs> bastards. Yeah. Salt and vinegar. Massive big pack of lays. <laughs> Absolutely devastated. What a bunch of I don't know. Fuckers. Um, so that's Africa. Um, Europe? I feel like Europe gets a, gets a bad rap for not being very fun. But not, it's, it's because we're Europeans. Yeah, we're, like, yeah. We had Amanda, who's Australian, on the podcast a few 
months ago now and she thought Europe was amazing because you've got so many different things and stuff but to us it's just it is but for us I think it's also a case of oh we'll do that later because it's quite close to home yeah um but for me uh, in Europe I'm more of a cold weather person particularly around here so Norway or Iceland but, but north Norway so right up in sort of Lofoten Islands in the Arctic Circle or Iceland for me is just fucking incredible just absolutely, it's got everything you could ever want if you're an outdoorsy person. This is Iceland. That's Iceland. <laughs> the fiery one. Oh yeah, and that's why that's why it's one of the best things. Just volcanoes. Just getting to witness that was something. That's probably one of the more wow moments. Sort of like pinch me. Am I am I alive? Um, or dreaming? Basically, just sat there watching this. This is Fagrafell um, uh, in September last year. Just watching literally the earth give birth was just one of the most incredible moments um and me and my other half had flown over there to go and see this and it stopped the day that we landed which was really annoying then spent 10 days going around iceland just keeping ourselves entertained and then the last day before we were flying home in the morning it started popping off again in the afternoon oh wow and then yeah literally stayed there all night just shooting were you camping pictures. there we went and slept on the side just rocked up and parked the car miles down the road hiked up and just sat there and Spent all night there. You're not going to... Well, I didn't fall asleep. Laura did, bless her. Had a little nap. She got a bit tired. Do you time lapse it? No. Because it's too... It, and it sounds really silly. That's taken from a drone. That picture behind us is 60 or about 70 shots all stitched together because it's so, so massive. But from just front on, you're... It's just too big to so what, comprehend. What, give us a bit of scale. So if that looks about... 200 meters wide. No. Uh, I thought that was a lot smaller, to be honest. I thought that was no, quite small. That's um that's not far off come up to a kilometer wide really wow. yeah it's fucking massive whoa like really fucking massive um how hot does it get there like, so air temperature it? was about four degrees and i turned on the hike up there i'm in big puffer jacket uh trousers t-shirt jump like fleece underneath two, gloves two on socks or just the one two pair pair okay. good good socks as well i wouldn't dare shit on those beautiful <laughs> smart wool sponsored by <laughs> not sponsored by sorry well, if they okay, are, it could be if yeah. they want to if they want to <laughs> i'll take send some us socks. one we'll... yeah one one sock <laughs> one sock but it was just absolutely roasting you could feel it on your face like eyes drying out i was basically down to a t-shirt had my trousers rolled up over my knees just cooking myself running around like just in awe of this place trying to take take pictures of it all but just an incredible Incredible place. It was that big. It's absolutely gigantic. I just assumed gigantic. you flew your drone like hundred meters in the air. No, that's snapped a little so that's picture. A, um, that's a. I can't tell you the height because you're not supposed to fly it that high. Um, how how high are you supposed to fly it? 120 meters, I think. It's is probably about. It looks about 119. Yeah, it's, it's uh, 0. 0.5. Yeah, yeah, 119.5 <laughs> with a selfie stick on top as well. Uh. Yeah. Um, so we had some. Got got up there and yeah, that that's taken about three o'clock in the morning. So what, what month was this? This, this looks... Late <coughs> September. So it's still September, relatively October, I think. long. Yeah, like... get, getting into longer days there. Um, yeah, it was just absolutely mad. Just um, to witness and feel the power. Because it's not just the, the imagery, and don't get me wrong, it's, a, it's an incredible sort of bubbling cauldron of, of lava, which is just incredible. But the sounds, it's like thunder is going off under your feet. Under your yeah, feet yeah. Just rumbling and you're hearing like, you're going, shit, is this about to really explode, explode? Or what's going on? Were you the only Did ones you... there, or no? That so that time, uh, just around the crater, there's just loads of people. It sort of got to that point where uh, everybody was just trying to come down and and see it because mm. it had just started erupting again. Did you Did you want to throw anything in it? Threw rocks in there. 
and they just disappeared immediately. That's disappointing. I mean, it's so hot. I mean, like if you had had like a watermelon. No, it's not just that, but it's it's the sense of oh, I'll just go to a couple of miles of hike, and I'm just gonna. Whoa, what should I take to chuck in the, the <laughs> volcano? Fuck it, I'm gonna go pop to the shop. I'd, bag of watermelon under my arm. <laughs> off I go. Just I'd, 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 you should have put all grapefruit, grapefruit in there. Oh God, yeah. Back back from whence you came. <laughs> Devil's citrus. But no, it's um. Oh, it's a hell of a place. Hell of a place. Uh, South America. We can gl- we can gloss over North America. I mean, <laughs> North America, Canada. Yeah, North oh, yeah, America, yeah, yeah. Canada. Um, or Mexico. Or Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I oh, loved it down in sort of Patagonia between like, Argentina, Chile, sort of did you, um, part of the world. Did you go to any of the Welsh villages? No, I did try and find them, though. But they were apparently a little bit higher up than Patagonia. They're more in like um, in around Bariloche, which I did like a fly into and fly out the same day, but didn't get a chance to leave the airport. I was trying to get up to... Um, uh, where do we go to Santiago and then up to up to Toronto to come home? I would love to go Patagonia and see the Welshies mm. and the Germans. Fuck the glaciers, just the yeah, Welshies. The hell's, the hell's nuts. I think they're <laughs> on the same. Thing. I, think, I don't think they're too too far apart. Neighboring Politically villages. Or? Oh no, probably. Oh, I don't know. Um, probably neighbor, neighboring villages. I think all that part of the world. We'll see. I want, yeah, I yeah I give it a go. Nothing to do with them, them South American Nazis. <laughs> no, they're hardcore. But no, Colombia is also. Um, very, very cool. Really, really fun part of the world. So, Antarctica is pretty easy, I suppose. It's Antarctica. Yes. Uh, South Africa. Have you been, well, Australia, part of Oceania in a way, maybe? Yeah, is that you, the only country you've been Indo? to? Would you count Indo as that part of the world? Oh, we had, would Indo count as uh We talked Oceania about this last episode, Asia? actually, I think. Did we? Uh, Indonesia being part of... Wow. Southeast Asia, or yes, yeah, South East, yeah, we talked about this. It's yeah. SEA, but it's also is it, it's it's very close we're putting to... into SEA? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, you can case... you can have Papua in uh, Oceania. No, I'd love to go to Papua. I think a lot. I'd love to go to Papua. I'd love well. to go to Papua. like just to go and spend. I'm trying not to get eaten, but to go spend some time with out with the tribes people there. Um, I think it's again that's one of the future destinations that is uh, yet to be properly explored which makes it kind of fun to go to because you're getting a far more sort of authentic experience than rather than what they want to portray to you. Um, the other place like that's Bhutan. Again, they're really strict on, on tourism, yeah. but I'd love, oh, to, well, love watch to this Watch this space because cool. uh, my little side, my uh, my little travel company, Nerpa, is... Uh, Off to Bhutan. Slowly putting down roots in Bhutan. Well, electric roots, though. Yeah. Uh, Lay, uh, laying some cable. Laying oh. some cable. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well... Go check it out. We've been uh, around the world with you, I think. It's fairly... Nearly. What's the next trip then? I've got two weeks in November. No idea where I'm going. No That's idea. like in two I'm... weeks, by the way. Li- yeah, Just literally. in case you didn't. We, well, in that, in that case... <laughs> Recommendations. We, in what that case, got? we can put it out to our listeners and, yeah. and yeah. need to do a little... Where am I you. going? Where <laughs> am I going? What's your, um, your socials handles for... Uh, at Tris Rowcliffe on everything. My mum can't wait to follow you. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, when you comment where... Where shall where, I go? It's got to be My fun though. Is it like, what's what's like the budget? Like, can you go anywhere? Yeah, sort of. Like within reason, within reason. Like it can't be stupid, stupid. But at the same time, so you can go all the way to Australia or like. Yeah, but it's too far for two weeks. That's the challenge with two weeks, right? Two weeks is a tough one. I think three it's... weeks is the optimal like time. Maybe a month. If I if I were you, not wanting to fucking throw my order. Come on, get involved. Well. That's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> DRC. Yep. Or. Somewhere in West Africa. Okay. Like, what, what, the Liberia, Congo, Liberia yeah. yeah. So, 
I've got a trip that I've got planned for Congo. Well, Rwanda and Congo. So I want to go see the gorillas and climb Mount Nirigongo. You heard of Nirigongo? It's a massive fucking volcano, but it's got the largest open lava pit anywhere in the world. Uh, I think, is it? Is that in Congo? I Literally think I'm on like, the Congolese border of Rwanda. On, um, that documentary about monkeys I've forgotten. One of them. Varunga. Yes, it's, so it's, it backs onto Varunga, but you can. It's the open lava lake is so big you can fit. If it you take number one to seven, it's number one. Two to seven can fit inside the the active lava lake there. That's a lot of watermelons. It's what? a lot of watermelons to fit in there. It's so big, like that's massive. Yeah, it's absolutely massive. But and that's actually it's like, probably bigger than Luxembourg. Probably, probably. Oh my god! <laughs> Just a big fucking boiling Luxembourg. Oh. Yeah. So. Yeah, could well go DRC or maybe Senegal or somewhere around there. I was going to say Senegal. Apparently, Senegalese food is chef kiss good. So mm. this is <clears throat> sorry. So this is in November. Are you trying to like get away from bad weather or you actually bad, quite like the cold? Trying to get away from bad people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take I'll take the people. The weather. It's all just left the experience. I mean, like you said, the challenge with two weeks is if you go too far away, you've only in, then got eight nine days. What about the Portuguese island of the Atlantic? Like Azores. Yeah, Azores. Azores. That's supposed to be Azores. really Azores beautiful. Really because beautiful. It's, it's amazing. Like, you know, it's not going to be too hard to get to. And in two weeks, you can do a lot. You can. And you like mountains and hiking. Hey, uh, like I'm sure they've got a volcano there, surely. It, it's, it's volcanic, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. could go to Azores. There you go. Azores or Senegal or DRC. I oh, know. So the other place, um, I'm banned from going to DRC at the moment. So my mum's allowed one place in the world that I'm not allowed to go. Oh, right. Okay. And Dia Congo is the one at the moment because she's she well, you, you, she convinced I'd get um, taken by the uh, I was about to say the the um, gorilla tribes. That are is there. your mum aware of other countries like North Korea or yeah Yemen or you know, yeah. South Sudan? Yeah, but okay. I, and I, she chose DRC because I well, think DRC is pretty because like, you, you know, get more people like being abducted one. there or like being held to ransom. Whereas actually, I don't think you get many people going to Yemen for tourism. Basically, yeah, that's true. So yeah. you don't get all Do the shit that even, goes with it. Even DRC is quite a, it's a bit rough of a, place at a times. known one. So yeah, maybe maybe DRC at some point in the future. Wow, we we'll see how it goes. I'm sure you'll have more stories to tell next time you come. Hopefully, on then. fingers crossed. <laughs> if I can get make it back, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much for coming on. Oh, uh, one one little bit of housekeeping. Oh yeah, have we picked what we're doing next week? Well, we've got two guests next week, oh, so this yeah. this. Is, We've got a lot of guests coming up, so we, I'm pretty sure we picked. I where, can't remember. Where are you now. going? Don't know. So do you want to do you want to pick a country, and we'll uh, we'll do it eventually. The next one that we do next <laughs> week, eventually. Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. oh, fair Turn enough. In. That's yeah, that's good. Nice. So yeah, that's um another interesting one. That's on the list of places to go and visit. So yeah, go for it, guys. All right, interesting we'll, uh, one as well. We'll oh. give you almost none of the tips. <laughs> <laughs> well, shame. Cheers, guys. All right. Uh, see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Thank you, Tris. Sure, thanks, Tris. Uh, What's your Instagram again? Just Tr Tris Rowcliffe. There Rowcliffe. you go. Check it it will be in the go description and stuff. So yeah, mm. check it out. Go for it, guys. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.